0: entertainment the podcast dedicated to public domain and abandoned media i'm your host christopher and with me as usual is the rose and the podcast bouquet of dandelions lydia it's
1: so sweet to invite me <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i'm sorry I, I, is this mrs shiva i was looking for lydia
1: <laughs> miss no yeah actually mrs <laughs> holy cow <laughs> or should i say oy vey. oh yeah. <laughs>
0: There are some great characters in this oh, film that we are going to get into here very soon that are hard not to kind of mimic when you start talking about the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Lydia. We are going to have a fun episode, I think, because this has been a... For me, anyway, this has been a fun movie to watch, so I think we're going to have a good time talking about it. Oh, yeah. Before we get into that, I do want to mention to any new listeners, welcome to the show. I hope you continue to watch. Uh, listen and, and download some episodes and maybe go back and listen to some of our back catalog. Maybe don't go too far back. Maybe that you know first six months or so are a little rough, but, eh, you know, we, we, we get better, I think. <laughs> well, and the movies that we
1: review at that point are still worth uh, having a listen to.
0: that uh, Absolutely. If you do want to subscribe to listen to the show, you can do so through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. Or you can, of course, go to just OrphanEntertainment.com. And I encourage you to rate and review at any of the uh, any of the outlets. You can't rate and review us on the uh, website, but you can you know, rate and review everywhere else. You can join our Facebook group. We go to Facebook.com and search for Orphan Entertainment. And any feedback or anything can be sent to OrphanEntertainment at gmail.com. You're welcome to type out an email or record an MP3 or WAV file or something with, through your phone or computer and send that. That would be great. We have a YouTube channel as well where you can subscribe and you'll kind of get the uh, the first look at some of the films before we uh, post an episode about it. I try to post them up there at least a few weeks before we record and, or before the, the uh, episode drops. So I think that's it. I don't Oh, I do want to mention the T public store uh, where you can go and order uh, get yourself a t-shirt or sweatshirt or coffee mug or something with the Orphan Entertainment logo. Make all your friends ask what in the world is that and you can <laughs> tell them all about the podcast. And then you can direct them to any of the things that we just mentioned. So anyway, look for the link in the uh, show notes and on the orphanentertainment.com. So with that, I don't think I have any other house cleaning or anything like that or housekeeping. So we'll go ahead and listen to another 5 minute mystery and a promo for another show and when we get back we'll plow in the 1960s the little shop of horrors
2: another 5 minute mystery to the Lawrence house on Center Street is lighted by an unshielded bulb. Beneath it stands a policeman. Suddenly a woman comes
3: running up the port steps. What's the matter? Has something happened?
2: Do you live here, ma'am?
3: I'm Mrs. Lawrence's personal maid and housekeeper. I've worked for her for years.
2: Knew her pretty well, then.
3: Of course. What do you mean, knew her?
2: I'm sorry to have to tell you this, ma'am, but Mrs. Lawrence was murdered tonight, a couple of hours ago.
3: Murdered? (gasps) Let me go in there. Let me go in. I'm
2: sorry, ma'am. Anything I can do to help, I'll be glad to do.
3: Yes, there is one thing you can do. Take me to the police station. Murder, is it? Well, I'll tell a thing or two now. And that's how it was, Inspector. I went out for a couple of hours tonight with my regular night out. And when I came back, that policeman refused to let me in.
2: I see. Well, uh, Miss, uh...
3: Just call me Agnes, please, sir. People have for so long now.
2: All right, Agnes. Now tell me. How long were you gone tonight?
3: Not more than a couple of hours, Inspector.
2: I see. Everything was all right when you left?
3: Perfectly. Everything was fine. Except that I never did like the idea of her seeing him again. I believe she was expecting him tonight, after I'd left.
2: And, uh, just who is him?
3: Why, her husband, I mean... They were divorced some years ago. He was a friend.
2: And uh, Mrs. Lawrence was seeing her husband again?
3: The last few nights, sir. All of a sudden, unexpected-like, Mrs. Lawrence came in one night and told me her husband was coming for dinner. I told her then I didn't like it. Was there any trouble? Not a bit, sir. In fact, things went too well. In fact, I believe Mrs. Lawrence was getting a bit soft on him again and after all these years, too.
2: Uh, Tell me, where does he live?
3: Over in Cranville. He's lived there for over a year now.
2: That's about, uh, 15 miles away, isn't it? That's it, sir. Well, he could have driven that and been back in time for an alibi. Uh, tell me, did anyone else know that Mr. and Mrs. Lawrence had become friendly again?
3: Not a soul, sir. It was a secret that just the three of us knew. But if you want my opinion, it was him that poisoned her. It must have been him. There was the very devil in that man.
2: Agnes, up to a point, I believe you're right. But because of just one thing, one mistake in your story, I'm going to hold you for the murder of Mrs. Lawrence. The inspector has a good reason for holding Agnes for murder. Do you know what it is? We'll tell you in just a minute, but first... Hi, this is Jeff Owens from the Classic Horrors Club. And I'm Richard Chamberlain from kccinephile.com and monstermoviekid.wordpress.com. We'd like to invite you to attend the next monthly meeting of the Classic Horrors Club on the Phantom Podcast Network. We think you'll enjoy our show, but don't take our word for it. Let's ask some of our listeners what they think. Excuse me, sir. What did you say after listening to the Classic Horrors Club podcast? I'll never smile again. Wow, that's a little mean. How about you, sir? Would you recommend the Classic Horrors Club podcast? It would be very dangerous, not only for you, but for others. Well, we do talk about classic horror, from silent screen to Halloween and
1: everything scary in between, but I don't think I'd call it dangerous. I think that's enough
2: from our listeners. I've always said we have the, uh, best fans? Why don't you give us a try yourselves? We meet once a month during the Classic Horror Club podcast on the Phantom Podcast Network, found at downrightcreepy.com or at classichorrors.club. Oh wait, here's one more listener walking his pet. What do you think of the Classic Horrors Club podcast? There's the stink of hell on this train. Even the dog knows it. And now, back to our five-minute mystery and the murder of Mrs. Lawrence.
3: Me? Murder? I wasn't even home when she died.
2: Agnes, I know it was you who murdered Mrs. Lawrence. When you saw her and her husband becoming friendly again... You believed it would affect your inheritance. How do I know you're the murderer? For just one good reason, Agnes. I specifically gave orders that the method of murder would not be discussed with anyone. You yourself said that Mrs. Lawrence was poisoned. Only one person could have known that the murderer himself.
0: shop of horrors was written by charles griffith and produced and directed by roger corman this will be the third roger corman film that we've covered here on orphan entertainment the first being the terror i think we did that maybe back in our first year or maybe the second year (laughs) and more recently the intruder we just did that late last year uh more than just corman's name is familiar in this picture we've also caught jack nicholson a couple of times as well as dick miller Uh, both of whom appeared in the aforementioned The Terror, and Jack Nicholson's We Caught Him the Second Time in The Wild Ride. Uh, By the way, uh, though Nicholson had filmed a couple of other pictures before this, Little Shop of Horrors is his official screen debut. Little Shop of Horrors was shot for less than $30,000, and all the principal photography was done in two days and one night. Wow! (laughs) Corman had just finished filming Bucket of Blood with uh, Dick Miller, who uh, who starred, And there were some sets still standing. The studio gave gave him a couple of days' access to them before they were going to tear him down. Actually, I guess, technically speaking, I guess they had it up for at least a few weeks as he had to have had time to actually prep for this and get some uh, props and stuff built. But he had about two days. He he wanted to do it. And to see if it was something he could accomplish, he went at shooting the film, pulling in many of his uh, film regulars. He originally claimed that he kind of did it a little bit on a bet, Uh, But there's also apparently in 1960, this was actually filmed in 59. In 1960, there was going to be some rule changes to how you paid your actors. (laughs) And he was going to have to kind of change up his pretty much his entire sort of production mindset or something like that. So he wanted to get one more film out in 1959 (laughs) before the rules changed. Uh, The writer Charles B. Griffiths. Charles Griffith portrays several small roles as well as uh, some of the Corman film regulars that I mentioned before Uh, Griffith's father appears as a dental patient and his grandmother Myrtle Vale appears as Seymour's hypochondriac mother so it really was kind of like okay we're gonna do this Bring your friends. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to be in a movie? I'll... Show up on this day.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, hey, you want to help me move, I'll buy pizza. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: I'll pay you if you come be in my movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Corman had a little trouble finding distribution for the film, as some distributors, including the American International Pictures, uh, AIP, whom he had worked with many times, felt that the film would be interpreted as a little anti-Semitic, <laughs> citing the characters of Gravas Mushnik and Shiva. Mel Wells, who played Mushnik, was Jewish and said he gave the character the Turkish-Jewish accent and mannerisms and that he saw the humor of the film as playful and felt there was no intent to defame any ethnic group. Little Shop of Horrors was screened at the 1960 Cannes Film Festival, uh, not in competition. Uh, but and a year later, AIP did distribute the film as their second feature for the release of Mario Bava's Black Sunday. Now, because Corman really didn't believe that The Little Shop of Horrors had much of a chance of making any money after its theatrical run, he didn't bother to copyright it, resulting in the film falling into the public domain. This meant that there was many releases and re-releases over the years, and many appearances on television, which garnered the movie a bit of a cult status Mm -hmm. and a cult following. (laughs) A stage musical called Little Shop of Horrors was produced in 1982, uh, being based on the original film, And that musical was itself adapted into the Little Shop of Horrors, the musical movie, in 1986, which is probably what most people might be more familiar with. (laughs) It's funny that it's just, you know, had he copyrighted it, had this been something that you would have really kind of paid to see or paid to distribute, it probably wouldn't have gotten that cult status. It probably wouldn't have led to the musical stage (laughs) version. It probably wouldn't have led to to the film with Rick Moranis. I was like, it's kind of interesting how just a simple one little decision. Ah, this isn't going to be worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm, I'm sure he kind of wishes that. Yeah, that it is. But yeah, that's all I really have on it. I, I think you know we've kind of we've talked about Corman. We've talked a little bit about Jack Nicholson. Uh, I didn't go back to see if we talked at all about Dick Miller when we saw him in The Terror. And I thought about doing kind of like a a, a bio of him, but it, he's literally one of these guys. Is kind of like where do you start? <laughs> the man has been around, has been acting for just decades upon decades, and he is just that guy. Yeah. He's in so many films. In fact, uh, that the, there's a documentary about him and about his career, and it's called That Guy. Dick Miller. How funny. And it is a it is a recommended viewing by me. I just watched it recently cuz it uh, just became available on Amazon Prime. So if you already have Prime, it's it's a free watch. Absolutely worth watching. It's just I thought I knew a lot of his films that he was in. I, I thought I'd caught a lot of them. And you go through this documentary and it's <laughs> like, "Hmm, haven't seen that one? Haven't seen that one? <laughs> haven't Seen that one?" And what's amazing is Dick Miller never really sought a lot of work. Most of the work came to him. He just, he had the right friends. I mean, he, he started working for Corman. If Corman liked you, he would have you back to yeah. do more films. And so he did a lot of work with Corman. He did a lot of work with AIP because of Corman. Uh, sometimes starring, sometimes just a bit role. And then, you know, he, he got this sort of cult status by being in these films. And then other filmmakers who were fans of these films, like Joe Dante decided oh i want dick miller in my film <laughs> and so he puts dick miller in all his films yeah. <laughs> you know even if it's some minor role and there are other other actors or uh, excuse me other uh, filmmakers who just they write parts and go this is the dick miller part
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and well, so
0: they they just they call him
1: <laughs> the list is insane and anybody that goes through this list has probably seen literally a half dozen of these even if they don't realize that he's been in it, you're going to go through and go, "Oh yeah, Gremlins, Gremlins Two, Terminator, The Burbs." I mean, you're just going to go through and say, "I've I never noticed him, but I've literally seen him in a half a dozen movies."
0: Absolutely, and when you do see him, you go, "You go, oh, it's that oh, yeah, guy." That guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a fun character actor, and I don't even know if you'd call him a character actor because he's kind of the same guy in all his fi- in all the films. <laughs> He's just—he's kind of like that—that that thing that ground that grounds the movie into like the real world mm. because this is just some guy just that you'd see on the street. Exactly. Yeah, he's. So it's very cool. It's just a really neat actor. It, yeah, definitely recommend checking out that uh, that documentary. Well, Lydia, are you ready to get in the synopsis, or do you have anything else?
1: No, I think you've covered it all. It is worth mentioning, I think, that there are, as you mentioned, there are a lot of versions out there of this movie. Uh, Right now, online, you can find the black and white original version that's, you know, the 3 by 4 perspective, and they also Mm -hmm. have a color version, which is the first one I watched. The sound is super clear on it, and the the video is very clear, and it's in color. So... um, Usually, I'm a hardcore go for the original kind of you know setup, but in this case, if you're going to watch this, I'm going to go ahead and, and suggest ahead of time that you do watch the color version just because the sound is so much clearer and the video is so much, so much clearer.
0: Nice. Where did you find the color? I, I think I heard that it was that might be on uh, Amazon. Yeah, I
1: think it's on Prime, actually. I think I just okay. watched it Yeah, that. I might check it
0: out. I didn't realize until I was doing some research that it had actually been colorized twice. Um, and that at least one of them was available on Amazon yeah, Prime. And I thought, oh, that might be interesting to see. In it
1: color. is, and it is very clear audio, and it's I think it's worth a see. And, and it, it the video is easier to see as well because of the color.
0: Mm, okay. We'll be reviewing the original black and white, <laughs> which I did. also no, I can't watch, imagine. Just so you guys, there know. is, yeah, there is no. Obviously, there is no real difference between the two, other than the uh, the visual the clarity. Sure, yeah, the clarity. And yeah. in, in
1: the audio, I I don't know if they remastered it for this second, uh, for this most recent release or not, but it does seem a lot clearer.
0: All right, good. Well, the film begins at Mushnick's flower shop on Skid Row. Mrs. Shiva on an apparent you notice that when I how I said her name? It's Shiva. (laughs) Uh, She's an apparent an apparent regular customer. Oh my
1: gosh. Oh gosh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It's Miss Shiva. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I never got that until just the second it's Miss Shiva. Wow, okay, sorry.
0: Well, she's an apparent regular customer, and she comes in to buy some flowers for her, her sister's nephew Stanley's funeral. She hopes for a little discount, but Mr. Mushnick can barely afford water for the flowers. He's not a, what do you how do you say it? philanthropist? <laughs> Something
1: like a philanthropist.
0: <laughs> uh, from the back of the shop, we hear some horrible singing, which Mushnick silences with a yell. About the time the phone rings, and Mushnick answers it. It's the local dentist. He wants exactly two gladiolas and a fern. And he, uh, he makes this order while working on a patient. And we get the first hint that this is a, um, a rather sadistic dentist. This is a, the, the dentist that we all fear, I think.
1: <laughs> this might actually be the dentist that created that fear in, in Americans
0: anyway. <laughs> it may be. It may be. Oh,
4: hello, Dr. Faz. What can I do for you today? Listen, Mushnick, I haven't got much time. Send me over two gladiolas. And the fern. Excellent. That's two dozen glass, one potted fern. No, 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 mushnick. Two gladiolas and one fern. Ah! You want, sir, to I should ah! put two gladiolas in the pot with the fern? No, one fern. One piece. Altogether, three pieces. I need it for my waiting room. Yes, a fern out. What? A fern cup. Good, I'll drill a bigger hole. You mean you mm. want two crummy gladiolas among crummy fine? What kind of a decoration is that? my flower budget for the week, Mushnick. Who can be a dentist on Skid Row? All right, excellent. I'll send Timo right away. Who am I to argue with science? Mm. Make it snappy. Now you are going to get it. Oh, you are going to get it. Look.
1: Ah! Yeah, I was thinking about that. Actually, when I was watching it, that this could seriously be the dentist that created that stereotype Nineteen sixty.
0: <laughs> It could be, I wonder, (laughs) because it it is uh, frightening. (laughs)
1: horrifying.
0: Well, Mushnick calls for Seymour from the back. Uh, Seymour stumbles into the room, quite literally. Mushnick tells him that the the dentist order and sets him off on uh, filling it. Well, we get introduced to a new customer, Mr. Fouch, and this is uh, Dick Miller here. I, I love the uh, when they introduce each other. You're know, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so-and-so Fouch, and oh, I'm, you know, grab us Mushnik. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fouch orders two dozen carnations. Mr. Mushnik uh, offers to wrap them, but Fouch says, nah, he'll just eat them here. Well, a little shocked, uh, Mushnik hands over the flowers, and Fouch, indeed, starts to eating them, even pulling a salt <laughs> shaker out from under his coat to season them. It's just a bizarre character trait. <laughs> I,
1: I, <laughs> Who thinks of that? Serious. I was like, where did these people come from? <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> well, about this time, uh, Seymour shows Mushnik that he has uh, not had much luck trimming the gladiolas evenly. this, yeah, this uh, he, is
1: hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's, he's left with uh, pretty much two blooms and no stem. And I, I think even the blooms aren't even even. Yeah, and uh, his,
1: when Fouch walks out, he sees... Seymour picks up one flower and cuts it, sets it down, picks up the other one and cuts it, and then compares the lengths <laughs> and then goes right. back to cutting them one at a time.
0: <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, this is the last straw for Mr. Mushnik, and he fires him on the spot. Audrey, who, who's been around this whole time but hasn't really said all that much, uh, tries to convince Mushnik to change his mind, and Seymour tries to apologize. I didn't mean it. You didn't mean
4: it. You never did. You didn't mean it the time you put up the bouquet with the get well card in the funeral parlor and sent the black lilies to the old lady in the hospital. You didn't mean it. But this time, I, Gravis Mushnick, mean it. He means it. But see, Mr. Mushnick, I always try to do what's right? And I'm crazy about flowers. I like flowers almost as much as Audrey does. Excellent. You're fired. Why don't you give him a chance to resurrect himself? I give him a chance to quit. I ain't gonna quit. You're a brave boy, you're fired.
0: Some, some quotes from some of the actors that said, literally, unless the camera fell over, they didn't stop shooting. Right. Or they wouldn't, <laughs> you know. And so if you forgot a line, or there was a little bit of ad-libbing, because if you couldn't remember what you were supposed to say, you would just say something. But there's a moment she comes up, and she's like, oh, you can't do that. And you see her hand, and there's like there's this odd little pause, and you see her finger kind of like point. It's just kind of like, did she forget a line, or is she like pointing to uh, to Mel Wells, who plays Gr- Mushnick, that it's maybe his line oh. <laughs> or something? <laughs> he just, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, well, this isn't really enough to change Mushnik's nine or change Mushnik's mind, but uh, Fouch pipes in that a unique plant might be just what the shop needs.
4: I'm growing a plant like you ain't never seen before. Excellent! I can't even sell the plants I got in my shop. Out you! Now wait a minute. He's got a new kind of plant. You want to look at it. I don't look on flowers, Mr. Yellow Vest. I got ancestors in the flower business for 200 years, but I got one shop on Skid Row, one stinking shop.
0: I don't even like
4: flowers. You don't understand what I mean. Look, I've eaten in flower shops all over the world. And I've noticed that the places that have the most weird and unusual plants do the best business. See? 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 What is this, a tango? All right. Explain me more. Well? I remember one place that had a whole wall covered with poison ivy. People came from miles around to look at that wall, and they stayed to buy. The owner got rich. No, he scratched himself to death in an insane asylum.
1: Oh, that was my cousin Harry. That was my nephew, or that was my cousin <laughs> That was something. my cousin Larry. <laughs> so she's there to buy something for somebody that died, and then also this other random guy in a completely another country was also her cousin. I love it.
0: Well, Mushnick tells Seymour to go and get this plant, and if Fouch says it'll be a draw, he can keep his job. So Seymour rushes home, and we get to meet his mom, who was listening to radio KSIK music for invalids. <laughs> I
1: love it. <laughs>
0: yes, mom is a serious hypochondriac. Uh, she's been re- she's like I think been reading the WebMD v- uh, book edition. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Seymour apparently uh, stopped on the way to pick her up some medicine. What you got a
3: little surprise
4: for me? Open it up and see. All right. <gasps> oh
0: <laughs> Dr.
4: Slurp, famous tonic. Oh, Wait here. To be taken internally or externally for pain and neuritis, neuralgia, headache. If hit by a truck, call your physician.
0: Alcoholic
4: contact. 98%. Oh, Seymour, you'll never know what this is going to do for me. Oh, I can feel that surge of warm health going through me already.
1: I love it. Nine, 98% alcohol. It's the kind of mm-hmm. medicine we oh. all look for, right? Oh,
0: hey, absolutely. <laughs> Inside
1: or outside. Apply it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's old-fashioned. Uh, yeah,
0: there's definitely, there's definitely some great little bits of comedy with it oh. with his mom oh, there. Oh, gosh. Well, Seymour grabs the plant, which is apparently not looking too well, and he heads back to the shop. Back at the shop, Fouch is still munching away when Seymour introduces everyone to the plant that he has named Audrey Jr. Audrey is thrilled at having it named after her. In fact, she says it's the most exciting thing anyone has done to her.
1: <laughs> and Fouch's response Poor kid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mushnik isn't convinced, but Faust tells him that if he could be the uh, only plant, that that could be the only plant like that in the world. If Seymour can nurse it back to health, they'll have people lining the streets to see it. Well, that he leaves because his wife is making g- gardenias for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mushnik gives Seymour—I I thought he said a month, but then later on in the film, someone says a week. So say I don't a remember. Week, yeah, is it a week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mushnik gives Seymour a week. If he can't get the plant to grow, Seymour is fired.
1: And so's the plant. (laughs) And
0: so's the plant.
4: Don't feel sad, Seymour. Don't waste your pity on me, Audrey. I'm not worth it. Who says you're not? Everybody. Yeah, I know. But I think you're a fine figurative of a man, and I know that Audrey Jr. will be the sweetest thing in the whole wide world. I love that. (laughs) It is...
1: I'm not, worth worrying, I'm not worth worrying about. Oh, who says that? Everyone. I know. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Audrey in this is not the Audrey you know from the 1980s version. She's just so sweet.
0: <laughs> Ab- yeah. I just, she's like, not. I love she's her. a little bit. She's a little bit of the dingbat. They, and they but, all kind
1: of are. It, oh, interestingly, absolutely. Every character in this is a little on the shallow side yeah <laughs> but uh but you know they' she's just so sweet.
0: <laughs> she she's absolutely adorable. Well, Seymour sits down and uh begs the plant not to die. <laughs> As the sun sets, the large pot of the plant opens up. Seymour moves some of the other things on, that are on the table out of the way. to kind of give Audrey Jr. some room to breathe, and he manages to cut himself. He flails his hand in pain, spraying some blood into the open plant.
1: <laughs> nom, nom, nom. <laughs> no, <it's- laughs> no, no. Seymour- no, being the plant for you. <laughs> yep.
0: Seymour realizes that this blood could be exactly what the plant is wanting. He tests it by poking his finger with a pin and dropping some more blood into the plant, which it drinks up heartily. Yeah. <laughs> I love the I love the plan in this I mean if you're so used to like the 1980s The real fancy Frank Oz You know uh, animated This is just literally hand puppet yes. plant It's great I love it I'm not sure which one I like more <laughs> Well the next day Mushnick and Audrey uh, greet Seymour At the door They're both very happy and comp- complimentary Mushnik even gives Seymour A $2 a week raise
1: from his $10
4: income. <laughs> Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he delicious? Isn't he got the $2 raise? What happened to your fingers? These things. I So how come I'm all of a sudden so wonderful? Five bees, one from each finger? 10 bees. Did you say I was getting a $2 raise? Correct, my very excellent Seymour. 10 bees. What did I do now? Don't you know what you did? Look, look. Oh, boy, look at that. It's true. It's almost a foot long. Isn't it empirical? It grows like a cold sore from the lip. (laughs) Oh, hello, young pretty ladies. What can Gravis Mushnik do for you? Well, we saw your son outside. About the Audrey Jr. So we thought we'd come in and take a look. Well, give a look. That makes four people a day who've come in just to look at it. Oh, dear, Is that just too much? Oh, what kind of plant is it? Audrey Jr. Where was it you got in trouble with 10 B. Well, is that all? I mean, doesn't it have a scientific name? Yes, of course, but who could denounce it? You oh. would like maybe to buy something. Well, we don't have any money, except $2,000. But that's just to spend on flowers. So we don't have any of our own. Isn't that a drag? You got your $2,000 just for to spend on flowers? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Who died? The Chamber of Commerce? Well, works from the High School? And we're building a float for the rose Bowl Parade, Which is made out of flowers. Thousands of them. And we're on the committee that picks the flowers And then glues on the flowers. Oh. Gee, that sure is a mad plan. Wow, yeah. Seymour here invented it. He did! did. thousands I of flowers. Oh, girls, 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 please don't oh. damage the arts the culture is. Tell me, how come you don't buy all these thousands of flowers from Gravis Mushnik? My flowers got something the others don't. What's that? The cheek. Well, gee, if your shop is good enough to develop the Audrey Jr. I guess it can get us everything we need. Yeah. We'll talk it over with the rest of the committee. Excellent. Well, we got to run now. Bye, all. Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye, girls. I love that scene with the girls because they're like, "Oh, we don't we have, don't any, have money. any money, well, except for two thousand. <laughs> that this is pr- that, though, is maybe my favorite Mushnick moment because when he's walking to the way he his mannerisms. The, oh, we need to buy some flour. He's like, "What?" <laughs> the way he's motioning around the shop, like, "Don't you see where you are?" <laughs>
1: yeah, these girls. It's a
0: great, it's a great character moment for him. Well, this all makes Mister Mushnik very happy, and even calling Seymour his son, <laughs> Mushnik decides that, uh or describes his plans for the future to his new son.
4: Oh, I see, Mister Mushnik. Mister Mushnik, I don't want you should call me Mister Mushnik anymore. I want you should call me Dad. Okay, Dad. Isn't that beautiful? Seymour Kreilboim, come over here, my son. I want to talk on you about the future. Look on this fly trap. Look on it. Soon we got no more Skid Row. We will be rich, us. I am building for you a giant greenhouse in which you are making impossible flowers, which in turn I am selling at ridiculous prices in my giant new flower saloon in Beverly Hills. Do you see that big sign in the sky? It is saying, Gravis Mushnik. In
0: French. Isn't that exciting? And, and it'll say, Gravis Mushnik in French. In French. French. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is uh, later in the day. Mrs. Shiva has lost another relative. And uh, Mushnik... Oh, no, this is just later. She coming right in after this. Uh, Miss Shiva, she comes in, and Mushnik, feeling very happy and generous, gives her a dozen carnations, courtesy of the Bloom Tycoon. As she leaves, she comments that someone should really take care of that dead flower. Audrey Jr. is looking sick again. Seymour promises to sit up all night and nurse the plant back to health. That night, while Seymour is trying to read up on some plant remedies, a strange voice is heard.
4: and I ain't been around much, but I'd have been willing to bet there ain't no such thing as a talking plant. I'll take your word for it. Gee, Junior, I'd I'd like to feed you, but I used up all my fingers.
0: Feed me! Well, Seymour tries to squeeze out some more blood from his fingers, uh, but the plant is not satisfied. Or Seymour heads out for a walk to try and think of something. He ends up at a rail yard, while tossing some stones at a bottle, uh, he ends up hitting some poor guy who was ducked out of sight. The man stumbles onto the track and is run over by a train and killed. This was actually fun. I read a little bit how they did this scene. Uh, of course, the, the, they actually went to the train yard and everything. they couldn't get the guys to actually drive the train toward the guy. So they actually had the guy against the train, and then they backed the train up, and then just reversed the film. Nice. Oh, it's like clever, Corman. I yeah. like it.
1: <laughs>
0: well, a panicked Seymour apparently packs up the body into a sack <laughs> and tries to find a hiding spot for it, uh, but is forced to bring it back to the shop. I love him trying to hide stuff. Everywhere he <laughs> goes, there's something. He he finds a big dumpster. Daddy, there's someone out there. <laughs> He just can't, no matter where he goes, it reminds me of a 60s Batman movie when yes. he's running around trying to throw away the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets back to the shop. The plant, are still starving, talks to Seymour into feeding him the body parts. <laughs> well, while all this is going on, Mushnik and Audrey are having dinner. Mushnik realizes that he left his money at the shop, or actually, I think he was in his other suit. <laughs>
4: You don't have any money? So what else is new? All right. All right. I made a mistake. After all, a man is entitled. Go on. This is your story. I'll
3: wait for the punch.
4: Don't get smart with me, girlie. I'll have you know that in my shop in the cash register, I'm having the total day's receipt, which is summing up to more than $9. You'll bring the rest of the food, then I'll go to the shop and get the money. You're playing my favorite song. Now look here, Buster. One of you is going to go down right now and get the loot, while the other one stays here until the first one gets back, if you get what I mean. Oh, fine. In this fancy-schmancy restaurant, you are holding hostages, right? Right.
0: He's got the entire day's earning of $9. (laughs) 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 It's
1: quite a haul. (laughs)
0: <laughs> another day and you'll be able to afford uh, to pay uh yeah C-more. exactly
1: and there's I love this she's got such a bit part but I love the waitress in this scene and yes, she says she's really good. you're playing my favorite song when he says he doesn't mm-hmm. have the money <laughs> <She's>
0: <laughs> well he goes down to the shop and he actually he spots Seymour feeding the plant with a rather gruesome foot <laughs> <There's, Yeah. laughs> they do a really good job of the makeup or the effect or whatever he's got this bloody foot and a little bit actually slops yeah. out from the foot into the plant I think it's rather really kind of gross yeah this
1: is kind of the only scene that really strongly indicates this is actually what the title says it really is kind of a horror movie
0: uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah i've heard it referred to, to and described as kind of a black comedy yes. which i wouldn't go that far but yeah this is the the one kind of really gruesome i guess if there was a gruesome moment this is it <laughs>
1: Yeah, a bit of a dark comedy.
0: <laughs> well, Mushnik returns to the restaurant and orders any and every kind of booze that they can bring him. <laughs> he won't tell Audrey what has upset him. He says he will tell her tomorrow after he tells the police. The next day, however, he finds a huge crowd around and in his shop. Audrey Jr. is as tall as a man, and the shop is raking in the dough. Seymour shows up, uh, suffering from a toothache, by the way, and Mushnik drags him aside. Ah! Oh
4: my! Oh my oh! Oh! Now, Seymour, oh. talk on me. I got a toothache. What do you want to talk about? That plant, is that a nice subject for to talk? The plant The plant is great. It's four times bigger than it was yesterday. I saw, I saw. How come the plant is now so big? I don't know. But look at all them people out there. We've only been open a half hour. We've already done $70 worth of business. $85. Now look, Seymour. You gave this plant a fancy name, Audrey Jr., but I want to know right now, what do just people call it? Well, it's a cross between a butterworth and a Venus flytrap. Venus flytrap! And what are the habits of this Venus flytrap? Well, the book says it eats insects. It eats them three times in its life, and then it's full grown. Excellent. And how many times is this one eat? Well... Once or twice. You don't remember? Well, this is kind of an unusual type fly trap. That is a possibility. It may never eat again. I don't see how it could get any bigger. Then you think it don't need any more flies. Yeah.
0: And I love the whole time that he's talking with Seymour. You hear in the background, ka ka-ching!
1: Yes. ka-ching,
0: <laughs> <laughs> ka-ching!
1: Is this the part? The register. Is this the part where he says, "Would you lie to your father?" And he says, "My my dad came back." <laughs>
0: <Or> is that <laughs> the next? part? Yeah, that's it. That, I think this is it. Oh my
1: gosh, that cracked!
0: Oh up. no, that maybe is that is the next part. That is the next part. I think it's one of these one. It's one of those when he pulls them aside. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the. I think it's later. Well, Mushnik sends Seymour off to the dentist, so he's willing to. He knows what Seymour did, but. Uh, a little bit of average, a little bit of greed, is uh, kind of keeping his uh, morals <laughs> firmly in place, yeah, I, and I love <laughs> or that he, well suppressed, I guess. They,
1: they never specifically outright say what happened, but he's, you know, I love this whole time Mushnik being like, are, "Are you sure it's not going to eat again? Are you sure?" Right. <laughs> you know, and as long as well, I can let the one go as long as it doesn't happen again.
0: Well, Seymour arrives at the dentist. Uh, hearing screams of pain coming from the other room. This
1: is, I guess, the other scene that really points out this is a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's horrible. It's really bad.
0: Oh, what do you hear? Like, oh, don't hurt me again. And he throws, the guy comes running out. He's like, that'll teach you to keep up with your payments? Yeah. Or what? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was scary. Well, Seymour immediately regrets uh, his, uh, his decision of seeing this dentist as the dentist starts... Uh, calling out all the teeth that he wants to pull i
1: love it he sits down and he says you know what doc and the doc says my tooth feels better yeah yeah get get in the chair
0: (laughs) you know what i I just it's just the one tooth seymour who's the dentist here (laughs) (laughs) well the dentist manages to pull uh one tooth and seymour won't let him anywhere near him again when he's trying to put in the uh the filling of or whatever Uh, They end up dueling with some dentist tools, uh, which results in the dentist falling backwards and hitting his head and dying. In the lobby, a new patient arrives, uh, Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Uh, Jack, and he's thrilled to see that the latest issue of Pain Magazine is in the waiting room. Well, Seymour props the dentist in the chair and calls the man in.
4: My name is Wilbur Force. Wilbur Force what? Just. Wilbur Force. My first name is Wilbur. My last name is Force. (laughs) I don't have a middle name. Well, you have an appointment, maybe? No, but you were very highly recommended to me by one of your patients, a Mrs.
0: Esheba.
4: I do a lot of undertaking for her relatives. (laughs) Well, as you can see, I have a customer now. And I'm all booked up for the rest of the day. So you'll have to come back tomorrow. Oh, I couldn't do that. I have three or four abscesses, a touch of pyrrhea, nine or ten cavities, I lost my pivot tooth, and I'm in terrible pain. <laughs> well, I can't help you today. Oh, that's all right. I'll just wait outside.
0: <laughs> so while Wilbur engrosses himself with an article in Pain, uh, Seymour hides the body of the dentist and then calls Wilbur into the office, uh, continuing to pretend to be the dentist himself. Seymour goes to work, uh, much to Wilbur's enjoyment.
4: Now, <laughs> no, no, Bacaine, no, it dulls the senses. <laughs> this is going to hurt you more than it is me. Oh, so goody, goody, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, don't! Well, I made a lot of holes and now I gotta fill it up with this here silver stuff. Well, aren't you gonna pull any? Well, uh Oh, go on. Well, your mouth.
1: Are just horrible. I mean it's like real pain. And then he's like, Don't quit. Oh my goodness.
0: So, yes, after um making Wilbur very happy with his uh his dentistry skills, (laughs) Seymour carries the body uh to the shop and dumps the body into the plant. The next day we meet the police detectives Joe Fink and Frank Stooley. Hey
4: Joe. Hello, Frank. How's the wife, Frank? Not bad, Joe. Glad to hear it. The kids? Lost one yesterday. Lost one, eh? How'd that happen? Playing with matches.
2: Well, those are bricks. Yeah, I guess so. Got a strange one here. Railroad people say they lost one of their best detectives the other night. Oh, yeah? Down by the yards. He's watching the refrigerator cars. Refrigerator cars? Ice thieves. Oh, yeah? What happened? Don't know.
4: Vanished. Led on tracks. Who's? None. Anything else? Dennis, Barb. Dead? Missing. Clothes? blood in office. Where? Skid row. Ideas? None. Check it out.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, this these guys are crazy. These are definitely a very kind of a takeoff on um dragnet. <laughs> and uh oh what's his name uh friday joe friday or whatever yes yes oh how's the wife fine how's the kids lost one yesterday lost one yesterday how so playing with (laughs) matches Ah, that's the breaks
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i love it he's not upset or anything oh yeah that happens that's the breaks yeah i guess so
0: oh my goodness so now the police are on the case of all these missing people back at the shop mushnik opens the store to find the plant has grown again Audrey gives Seymour a kiss as a congratulations. Seymour is surprised that she likes kissing him and asks for another, which she happily provides. And they make plans for a date. The whole time, Mushnik is wondering aloud, uh, exactly how, what made the plant grow again? Well, everyone starts showing up, including Mrs. Shiva, whose nephew Frank lost his little boy playing with matches. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of Frank and Joe, the police detectives, they show up to ask some questions of Mr. Mushnick.
4: Your name Gravis Mushnick? I've got no Mushnick. Gravis. That's my name. Just want to ask you a few questions. Questions ask me. Just about. want to ask you a few questions. Sir. I didn't do it. Do what? Whatever. Ever see this man? Man, I see picture. Why are you so nervous? Got a guilty conscience? No, why should I? Ever see this man? Man, uh, see the, the picture. Dr. Fogg. Oh, you know him? My dentist. Uh, he, he, he maybe did something. Disappeared. Blood in his office. The other man, too. Blood in the railroad tracks. And few spare parts. Uh, uh, Dr. Farb is murdered. Is he? No, Who knows? Not me. What do you think? He doesn't know anything. Okay, Mushnik. If you hear anything about these men, call our office. Sure, I'll be glad to. cooperate with the police. Hello, I'm sitting. Oh, isn't it terrible what happened to your boyfriend,
0: Keith? Those are the breaks. Well, Mishduk, his name's... I have it written in my notes a dozen times as Mushnik. I could have said Gravis, but I kept saying Mushnik because I think it's fun to say, but now that I have had to say it like four dozen times, it's getting a little difficult.
1: I'm getting Mushmouth.
0: Well, Mushnik pulls Seymour aside and asks once again... If the plant is done growing. <laughs> but I think this is when the uh, you wouldn't lie to your father. My dad showed up. <laughs> uh, this is when it happened. I
1: love that. It's so funny. You wouldn't lie to your father, but you my dad came back? Yeah. Not him, me. Yeah. It's <laughs> a, your father, it's, a, it's a finger of speech. <laughs> <laughs> it's a f- <laughs> I love that so much.
0: Well Seymour hopes it's done. I mean it ate three times now, so he thinks that's it. You know, according to the books and the plants that he mixed, it should that should be it. So Mushnick decides that he is going to uh, watch the plant himself tonight, just to be sure. So Mr. Mushnick goes out to speak to a woman who came in while Audrey and Seymour discuss their upcoming date. In the shop, a woman from the Society of Silent Flower Observers of Southern California, uh, she is very interested in Audrey Jr. Mrs. Bushtwanger, <laughs> <laughs> tells Seymour that her society is going to award him with a trophy for his work, and they will present the trophy the day after tomorrow. Is that is when Seymour expects the large buds to open, and that's the forty-five minute mark. And so I, the, and this is only an hour-long film, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that is where I'm going to stop the synopsis. Obviously, the the musical, the '80s musical departs greatly from the film <laughs> but this is where it really starts just like you are not going to expect anything that happens from this point forward <laughs>
1: <laughs> as if mishiva's nephew being the i love i love when he wa- when the detectives go to walk out and she says oh hey frankie and he's like oh hey you know? and, and it is the same the same kid that died from playing with the matches yep oh my goodness so there's just one thing after another, and, and the jokes seem to carry throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they start a joke at the beginning, and it's a lot like Eddie art in that respect. Like, at the end of it, it kind of builds up, and at the end, that's the finish <laughs> line. But they have all these, like, little threads of different jokes that are funny in their own right, but then they add up and continue throughout the mm-hmm.
0: movie. Yeah, there is um, just some fantastic dialogue, the jokes. The, uh, the mis- mispronunciation or the misuse okay. of words... Uh, the replacement of words you know it's a finger of speech uh philanthropist so quick yeah oh absolutely the
1: first time you watch it you have to watch it a couple or actually probably several times i'm sure we didn't catch everything going Mm -mm. through
0: no i actually found myself catching a few the second time i watched it when i was doing Mm -hmm. the synopsis that i hadn't caught before and i was like some of them are just so great and yeah some of like you said they're just they're just so quick. They come at you and you're like, whoa, what did they say? And then you miss what was said next. And you're like, wait, was mm-hmm. that funny too? I don't know. <laughs>
1: exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah, the little asides, the, uh, the most exciting thing anyone's done to me, poor kid.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. And then when the high school girls come in, it really is. It's one thing after mm-hmm. another. And it's very, it's very quickly paced from that perspective. There are a lot of people in this movie for as short of a movie as it mm-hmm. is.
0: Or it certainly feels that way. I guess there really is when you come to think about it. I was thinking it just feels that way, just because they're always kind of in the room. But then you think you have got your main cast, which is, so you got Mushnick right. and Audrey and and Seymour, and then you got the you know you got. Uh, uh,
1: the side ones that show up the all the side time. The side
0: ones that keep showing are up, are and then you've got...
1: Meshiva and Fouch, Fouch, and then the high school girls start showing up. And then the up. two cops start showing
0: up, <laughs> and then you have the dentist, and then you have the dentist patient, so you're like, you're right, I mean, uh, you're up to, like, at least yeah, ten characters right there.
1: Yeah, You just, and then you've got the little scene with the waitress, it just keeps going and going, and it builds, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, you kind of know the direction that it's heading, but you really don't know how it's going to wrap, and... And it is interesting. Like, you really have no idea how this movie is going to end when you're watching mm-hmm.
0: it. Absolutely. And it's so much fun. This is a film that I knew about. I knew there was an original Little Shop of Horrors. But I never really sought it out and never wanted to watch it. I, for some Ooh. reason, thought it was an actual sort of actual horror film.
1: Right. And I thought,
0: well, I'm not really well, interested. I
1: mean, it is. It is actually it's bizarrely if they had cast this in a really dark light it could be really horrifying Mm -hmm. and there are definitely parts in it like like the people screaming in the dentist's office but really it's (laughs) like wow if there wasn't so much humor surrounding this i would be really creeped out and very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but they just you know have the constant jokes and quips coming so quickly you you almost don't notice that there really is some really horrible stuff happening in this movie
0: i even had a copy of this film because it was in a one of the uh, big box sets of films that i have and i've always just Mm -hmm. skipped over it and it wasn't until (laughs) i think last october tcm aired it um and i thought okay i'll go ahead and i'll record it and watch it forgetting that i was literally sitting on it (laughs) yeah i was sitting on a copy I mean yep. even though and knowing it was available online because it was public domain but I thought oh they're going to air it I'll watch it and so I started to watch it and my wife's like oh, I kind of like the see that too like well i'll wait and we'll all watch it and so myself my wife and my you know 13 year old son sat down and we all watched it and and enjoyed the heck out of it i'm like i don't know why i waited so long to watch this (laughs) it's just not
1: one that i mean when people talk about it i think they tend to talk about the 80s sure because it's more recent and more people have seen it recently um and and like you said this just wasn't promoted heavily when it came out So the cult following kind of straggled in after Mm -hmm. a
0: while. I had an idea it would be fun because obviously there was something to it to have inspired everything that came after and for it to to hang around so long. But I I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to be as clever as it was.
1: I was just going to say, it's funny because it's not slapstick comedy. Like it's almost, you almost feel like it is. But then as you're watching it and the lines in it, it's not just, you know, Laurel and Hardy guys falling over each other and throwing pies in each other's face. There there really is cleverness behind the humor mm-hmm. in it. And so, uh, yeah, it's not a movie that you would think to watch. And again, most people, I think, would tend to watch the 80s one if they were going to watch either of them. But I think the characters in this one are different enough that they're really worth seeing. Yep,
0: Absolutely. You know what's really funny too is what many of the uh, releases and the repackaging of this film, they often stick it with other Jack Nicholson films, and they they they, oh, they put <laughs> yeah they put his name kind of like on top that that is a Jack. They always have his the picture of him. It's yeah. a little shop of horrors, and they sh- and you see a picture of Jack Nicholson. He's but he's he's it in for it for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's a memorable and fun role, but. Hardly yeah. a starring role. <laughs> story where-
1: Fun in a horrifying kind of way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a really super creepy, awful kind of yeah. way. But it is Jack Nicholson, so what am I saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: How do we know he's not really like that? You know.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. We don't. <laughs> I love
0: going to the dentist. It's the best. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now remember, God. no novocaine. It dulls the senses.
1: <laughs> yeah. You do that too
0: well. <laughs> I don't have anything else to really say about it. I mean, it's just... I have to admit, I, I asked my wife and son, I was like, on a one to five, how would you have rated it? <laughs> and they both came in around a three. And I thought, wow, I liked it a lot more than you guys did. <laughs> I have to admit, I there's a big part of me that wants to give it a five. It really does, but I... I feel like that might be too generous. <laughs> so I think a four is certainly worth a four. But in, in my heart of hearts, it's a five. <laughs> but for the record, I'll go four. What about you?
1: Uh, honestly, you know, I'm right there with your wife and son. Okay. And it's not because it deserves the solid three. There's so much about it that's entertaining and fun to watch. Um, but it, it's very simple and it's very um, by the book as the shots go, as the direction goes. Um, it, now, knowing that it was shot basically in three days, that makes a lot of sense. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's also nothing ex- like extremely innovative about it. So it's one of those where I enjoy it, but if you give me a choice between this and, for example, The Lady Eve... I'm going to watch The Lady Eve every time just because it's just that much better and it's that much more clever and it's just a little bit more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's – it's what this is funny because this is reverse. I think usually I have the higher rating, but I, I really respect your rating on it because I think that for a personality different than my own that this would be like – hey, if I'm going to sit down and watch a cult classic, I'm going to watch this one. I can see how people would say that. Um, it, I'm not rating it low because I don't think it's well done and I don't think other people would enjoy it. But for me, the rating is it's, it's not spectacularly innovative. So it's enjoyable. I'll sit down and watch it. Heck yeah. Um, but does it really deserve a four or five? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know i could be argued up probably but you're not going to get me above a four for sure and in my heart of hearts you know right um it's it's it, i think it was probably it probably has contributed to a lot of cult classics you know i mentioned you know gremlins and the burbs things like that i'm sure that this um what's the word i want inspired <laughs> maggie yeah, the atmosphere of this movie probably contributed heavily to a lot of films like that. So from that perspective, I think it's probably very valuable. But as far as just sitting down and watching it, a heck, heck of a lot of fun. I definitely recommend that anybody listening watch it. But for ratings, I'm going to go with
0: the three. No, nope, that's fair enough. I like it. You're kind of more uh, on the technical side and I'm more on the uh, emotional side or something. Which
1: is totally opposite to yeah. <laughs> what it usually is, I think.
0: Well, it's so interesting I, you you point out some of the technical aspects <laughs> and that you're right. It isn't really groundbreaking or anything. I think what I read is they shot, they effectively had like two cameras just kind of shooting opposite directions of the scene. Yeah. And so they were both mm-hmm. recording at the same time and then they would just use either one. So it was, it was very done very much like a sitcom is done.
1: Yeah, and it feels a lot. You know, it's interesting you said that. It feels so much like a sitcom. The only thing that it missed was the laugh track. And it would have been just you know absolutely a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that you said that that way because I think that's exactly what it's like. But it has a complete story. It ends, and it's worth sitting down and watching.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely great. I'm I'm glad you and you enjoyed it. I, I really do. Like I said, it was one of these things where I finally watched. and I'm like, oh my gosh! And it's is public domain. And like <laughs> we have got to cover this. And I hope the gosh oh, yeah. Lydia enjoys it as much as I do.
1: <laughs> I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, and it's again, I I keep. Qualifying my rating just because I don't want my rating to discourage anybody from watching it, because I think it's worth watching. It's one of those movies that if you say you enjoy cult film at all, you need to watch this movie.
0: Yeah, great, good. I'm I'm so thrilled that you enjoyed it. It is. Um, it, it, and you know, there's a lot of films that we watch, and I think oh, I had a really good time watching it, and I did a synopsis. I had a great time talking about it, and then that's I'm I'm usually done with the film. I, I don't go back. I'm not going to go back and watch many of them again.
1: Yeah. This
0: one is going to be a rewatch for me every now and yeah. again. It's just literally I like, uh, that. you know, I'm kind of I'm, I'm still awake. I don't really want to go to bed yet. Yeah. It's about an hour. Well,
1: oh, what's something mindless and fun exactly. that I can do that I don't have to think hard about? I'm <laughs> going to
0: dial up something like Little Shop of Horrors.
1: Yes. I can see that. Yeah,
0: you know, it is definitely going to be a rewatch. Well, I guess that is going to do it. We've reached that point where we'll just start repeating ourselves. <laughs> Thank you very much everyone for listening. Like I said, any feedback or anything, send those our way at, at com or join the Facebook group. Make sure you subscribe and please, you know, go to the T public and see if there's anything you might like that has our pretty logo on it. Uh, that is going to do it. We'll be back in a month to discuss another fun film. So, Lydia, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you. I re- I, this was so much fun to talk about. I'm glad we did it.
0: Very glad to. Although, <laughs> I uh, messaged you before we start, before we recorded that, when will I learn that comedies are an absolute pain? And I
1: saw that. <laughs> and the funny part is, I actually thought about that when we were talking a little bit ago. And the funny part is this movie... Even though it's a comedy, you know, we mentioned it's not just straight slapstick. So it is actually fun to talk about, too.
0: Yeah, but it it is very hard to do the synopsis on. And my synopsis (laughs) is... Not at all uh, a good representation <laughs> of the fun that could be you, had in this film
1: you could have just written down something funny happened yeah. <laughs> then something else funny happened and something else funny happened that's an accurate synopsis
0: something funny happened clip <laughs> something yeah, else exactly. happened clip and then listen to this <laughs> yeah. so yeah yeah maybe um, maybe we'll have to just stick to the dramas and stuff for a while <laughs>
1: So, guys, if you're listening, tell us the most depressing movie. No,
0: no, don't do no, no, don't do that.
1: <laughs> but if you have a suggestion, we'd love to hear it. Oh, absolutely, because I know
0: there's a lot of funds. You know, there, I, we can't be the only ones to kind of plug around on things like archive.org or YouTube looking for movies. <laughs> so, I, yeah, if you if there's any film that you know that's in the public domain that you think, you know what, Liddy and Chris might like this, absolutely drop us a line and, and, and let us know. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that is going to do it. Thanks very much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Mushmouth.